Lauren told me before the service, that, that's a long reading, Brother John. I said, yeah, but at least it didn't have all the hard names, right? Amen. Well, a professor was uh, grading final exams uh, for the year when he came across uh, a note written by one of the students that read, Only God knows the answer to this question. Merry Christmas. So the professor wrote a note back to the student and said, Well, God gets an A and you get an F. Happy New Year. Now, believe it or not, that might be a great way to summarize everything we just heard in Job 28. This week in our Bible reading, as we've been reading through the entire Bible together, uh, we've been reading the book of Job, and what we've seen in Job is he and his three friends going back and forth with each other, back and forth. They've gotten rude with each other. They've snipped at each other. And you can tell as you're reading that they are really starting to annoy each other. So basically, it's just like any comment section on the Internet or any Facebook post with an opinion in it. You get people talking and they start getting on each other's nerves. Now, what's funny is essentially for 20 plus chapters in Job, these friends are arguing about who knows more about how God works. They're arguing about something that they will never be able to fully understand. And thankfully, Job 28 pivots the content of the entire book. After 28, Job will go on. He'll defend himself one more time. And there'll be somebody else that kind of speaks up for Job and even speaks up for God. And then even God finally has something to say. But right now, Job chapter 28 offers us this holy pause that shifts our attention away from the bickering and the talking over one another that the friends have been doing and showing us the wisdom of God. And I don't know about you, sisters and brothers, with all the bickering that's going on today and all the talking over each other that happens online and in person and everywhere else, with all the negativity that we see, I feel like maybe we need a holy pause ourselves. A holy pause to shift and to refocus ourselves on the wisdom of God too. So what Job 28 tells us in part is that humanity can do a lot of great things. Now this poem, it it made us think about it, reminded us of miners. That miners quite literally go into the the darkness of the earth and find all uh, of these things that can be discovered. They discover silver, gold, iron, copper, and all the jewels of the earth. They're able to mine these things and make something out of them. I remember one time being fascinated by seeing how, how we get marble countertops, how they cut the marble and the granite from inside the quarry. It's, just, it's fascinating what we've been able to do. And then you think about our modern technology, the things that we're able to do in terms of medical science and space exploration. These things are nothing except awesome what we're able to do. But Job 28 also seems to point our attention and makes us realize that the rare materials that we look for in the earth, they are indeed treasures. But so is wisdom. Wisdom is a treasure. And in fact, 
godly wisdom is truly a rare treasure. The important reminder of Job 28 is that we are not able to fathom wisdom without God. That we aren't able to wrap our minds around what it means to be wise if we aren't starting with God. I remember when I was restarting my college career and looking forward to being able to go to seminary, um, I had a friend of mine who said, Now, John, you better stay humble and you better stay connected to God. Because let me remind you something. Rectal thermometers have degrees on them, too. And you know what we do with those. With friends like these, right? But you know what? He was right. Because as Christians, we understand that true wisdom comes from God. It isn't anything that we merely stumble into. We don't accidentally become wise. You don't have to have been here uh, for a certain amount of years or trips around the sun to be filled with wisdom. You don't have to have certain educational experiences as good as all those things are. What we realize is wisdom comes from God, and so anybody can be filled with wisdom because it is a gift from God. Would you tell anybody... Whether they are certain, whether they are older, whether they've been coming to church or not, would you tell anybody that they are more filled with God's grace than somebody else? Of course not, because grace is a gift from God. And God says, here's my grace. It's for you to experience. And what Job 28 is telling us is that wisdom is a gift from God as well. And so we can be young and wise. We can be older and wise. New Christians can experience the wisdom of God just like a mature, seasoned Christian can live in the wisdom of God. And since wisdom is from God, what we have to realize is you get wisdom by pursuing God. Now, let's be honest. Wisdom isn't celebrated in our culture, is it? Ignorance is bliss, we say. It's fun to laugh at. And it makes a lot of people a lot of money, too. And quite often what we see on TV and the stories that get told, it's the people who are trying to be wise. Those guys are the lamos. Those are the ones we need to make fun of. It's, it's, it's everybody else who's making a fool of themselves that we want to be like and that we want to follow. And I don't mean to be rude with this, and this is just one example I could say, but let me just tell you, the Kardashians, they aren't famous because of their wisdom. Y'all with me? And someone told me there was a time where if you didn't have anything valuable to say, people wouldn't pay attention to you. Well, that's not the case anymore. Because if you're a fool, we'll make you a celebrity, and we'll hang on to every word you have to say. And what's so frustrating is that we have so much knowledge available to us. Can, can you imagine with what Albert Einstein and all these, these brilliant people of the past, what they could have done if they had the knowledge that we have available to us. All you have to do is take out your phone and you can just start thumbing through with just so much information. But the problem is we're addicted to doing this than actually doing anything with the knowledge that's available to us. Y'all with me? 
Or am I stepping on somebody's toes? <laughs> wisdom is from God. And the only way we get the wisdom of God is by pursuing God. The Bible never tells us to live as fools, but sadly, idiocracy reigns today in our world. And when we are not careful as the body of Christ, we fall right along with it. I feel like the church has a true opportunity to be a witness to the world by living as wise people. Why do we need wisdom? Well, because our life is full of complexity. There are so many things that happen to us, so many experiences that we have to endure that we cannot understand. Life is full of frustrations. Life is full of dead ends. Life is full of questions and unexplainable events. Why do we need wisdom? Because we have relationships, we have feelings, we have hopes, we have dreams, we have goals, we have kids. We have this life that's been given to us, and it is not always an easy thing to figure out. And so we need the wisdom of God to be able to walk through it faithfully and hopefully even with a little bit of wit about ourselves. True happiness is not getting everything we want. Now I want you to mark that down because I think we know that. I think we see that. You know, the world around us, there's so many things that are available to us now that we can readily have just because we want it. And we have all these things we want. Why is everybody so grumpy? Because that's not true happiness. True happiness is not getting everything you want. True happiness is knowing you have what God wants you to have. And part of what's happening in Job 28 is that there is this elevation of the wisdom of God that is offered to us. And if we would be willing to live into that wisdom, to gain wisdom, to get out of the foolishness of the world and into the wisdom of God, we would be able to understand what true happiness is. Job 28 asks the question, where can wisdom be found? And Job 28 gives the answer that only God understands the way to it and he alone knows where it dwells. So again, since wisdom is from God, you get wisdom by pursuing God. Now that means that wisdom isn't just about being smart. What it means is you have a following or a pursuing or a desiring in your life to follow the will of God, to seek out the will of God, to figure out what the will of God is. That's how we become wise. That's how we tap into the wisdom of God. We don't go through our days and not give God any thought and we do all the things that we keep doing and they keep messing us up, but we keep doing them in the way, anyway. And then finally we get to a point where we say, oh, no, God, help me. That's not a wise thing to do. Now, sometimes that's all we can do. I think God will hear us in God's mercy. Amen. But what I think what Job is trying to tell us is that there's a better way to live. Pursue God. And when those moments come, when those difficulties come, when those decisions come, when those events in life come where you have no idea what to do, the wisdom of God will lead you. Why? Because you've already been pursuing it. 
It's already there. It's already bubbling up. Maybe you don't realize it, but you've been pursuing God, and God has been giving you what you need along the way. One of the worst things, worst things to happen to me in my life. I had been out of school for a while, and I don't even remember exactly what it was, but there came a moment when I did something, and I thought, Wow, I'm glad I learned algebra. It actually paid off for once. And what happens is, when we pursue the wisdom of God, we don't realize it, but as we go and as we learn from one experience, and as we learn from people, and as we learn from resources, and as we repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat again, as we go through all these things, we get to a point, don't even realize it, that God has given us wisdom but only because along the way we have pursued God. Luke tells us that young Jesus, remember when he got left at church that one time? That when Mary and Joseph came to get him, oh, didn't you know I'd be about my father's business, Um, little sassy savior, they went home, and Luke says that young Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. Wisdom was something that even Jesus had to pursue. It was something that he had to acquire. Let me ask you a question. Do you think Jesus acquired wisdom? I think so. And if Jesus, the Savior of the world, had to pursue wisdom, what makes us think that we won't have to? that we'll just automatically know the right things to do. Or we'll just automatically understand the God thing to do with our life. Because of the life of Jesus, we can see that godly wisdom leads to godly action. Sisters and brothers, we need more godly action in our lives. We need more godly action out of our families and even, and maybe even especially, out of our churches. And we cannot have truly godly action without godly wisdom. And people are often stumped and they want to know, they say, oh, Pastor John, what should I do? You know, I got this going on or I got this happening. What do you want me to do? And that's, what should I do? And that's a fair question to ask because, you know, this is a life that you have to live and you got decisions, all these kinds of things. But the better question to begin with, I bet some of you already know, isn't, oh, what should I do? It's, God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to say? God, which direction do you want me to take? The better question is to put God where God belongs and is, is, and that is first. God, what is it you want for me? And please, oh please, don't take the advice of the world. The world says, just follow your heart. Don't do that. See, the Bible knows our heart, and the Bible said that's a bad idea. Because the Bible says, ah, I know what you're thinking in your heart. The Bible tries to get us to remember, you really know what's in your heart too, don't you? Why would you want to follow your heart? You want to be wise? Follow the heart of God. Pursue God, and the wisdom of God follows. Our prayer needs to be that God would give us wisdom for our days. That's why I love the psalmist in Psalm 90 says, Lord, teach us 
to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. So you, you may ask, all right, Pastor John, uh, what's one way I can get wise? How can I get the wisdom of God? Easy. Just think about it. You're going to die one day. Happy Sunday, by the way. What the psalmist is saying is, God, teach me to number, teach me to number my days. Teach me to realize that I'm not going to be here very long. But while I'm here, I want to love you. And I want to serve you with everything I have. And the only way I can do that is if I have a heart of wisdom. Your wisdom. And along with prayer, that's part of why we're making such a big deal about reading the Bible together. This is awesome. Gandhi, Gandhi wasn't a Christian, but Gandhi said to us that you Christians have in your keeping a document. He's talking about this right here. It says you have in your keeping a document with enough dynamite in it to blow the whole of civilization to bits. To turn society upside down, to bring peace to this war-torn world, but you read it as if it were just good literature and nothing else. Well, I got news for you, Gandhi. We barely even read it. And then we wonder, how do we have godly wisdom? We pursue God. God will give it to us. What we understand about our lives is that there is another way of seeing this life, another way of seeing what happens in this world. We, we see through our own eyes and through the lens of our own heart, but there is another way, a more faithful way, and that is from the perspective of God. How does God see this world? How does God see us? How does God see what is happening to us? How does God make sense of the things that are going on? And what Job 28 reminds us is we can understand that as long as we are pursuing God. How do we get wisdom? Pray for it. Ask God to reveal wisdom to you. Ask that Holy Spirit to guide you. I know Pentecost is over. It's such a silly thing to say because we feel like, okay, well, Pentecost is over. We already did the Spirit thing. That's nonsense. The Spirit is always guiding us. Not only does the Spirit inspire us, not only does the Spirit convict us, not only does, does the Spirit say, hey, get up and do something, but 1 Corinthians 2 reminds us that the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God, and it's the Spirit that teaches us these things. All these deep things of God that Job and his friends are fighting about, what they don't realize, because they're too worried about being right, what they don't realize is that the Spirit of God will show them things about the wisdom of God if they will stop and just be open to it. Do something. The next time you're online or the next time you're sitting with, with your family or with friends and all that starts happening, sit back. And ask yourselves, is anybody speaking wisely here? Is there any form of God's wisdom coming out of anyone's mouth? Quite often, I think we'll realize is there's not a whole lot of wisdom coming out. 
There's just a lot of people wanting to say stuff. And a lot of people just want to be right. And setting someone else straight. But not the people of God. The people of God want to live in the wisdom of God. Amen? And what we realize as we continue to pursue the wisdom of God, we're not going to always get it right. God's still going to get the A. We may get the F, but for sure, we're going to get the E for effort. And by God's mercy, by God's mercy, we can live into the wisdom of God. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.